everyone, it's David James Young here for another episode of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands. Thank you so much for tuning in, thank you so much for your ongoing support. However you have come across this podcast, I really, really do appreciate it. If this is your first time, for whatever reason, uh, my name's David James Young, I'm a freelance music journalist, critic, and podcaster, obviously, and I've been doing this for just over a year, and uh, basically the premise of this podcast is me finding out what lies beneath people that I have been going to see live all this time. Some of them are good friends, some of them I'm, I barely know, and all of them I come out of every interview learning something new and experiencing something really engaging and something really positive, and I hope you get that out of this as well. Of course, this podcast is made possible with a little help from our sponsors. So a big shout out to Spit the Dummy Records. You know them, underground Sydney label. Well, not so much underground. They're they're above ground, but uh, they're they're not uh, they're not up in the towers. They're they're more uh, <laughs> hanging out in the room of an apartment somewhere. More uh, let let let's keep that that analogy going, I suppose. Anyway, uh, they have some new releases out from Treehouses and Nothing Runs With David, that's me, uh, <laughs> and you can pick them up over at spitthedummyrecords.bigcartel.com. Our other sponsor is Sad Girls Club, which is a collective of non-male musicians that are helping to provide a positive environment and promotion and more shows, etc. for non-male musicians. Uh, It's all coming together with a massive show, Sad Girls Fest, happening in October. I'm sure you know all about it if you are a regular listener, but if you're not, it's happening October 1st at the Reverence Hotel and October 8th at the factory floor. Tickets are on sale now, and that's at sadgirlsclub.com. That's sad, G-R-R-R-L-S, club.com. And in case you didn't know, this is a fan-supported and listener-supported podcast, supported by people just like you. That's right. Uh, For as little as $1 a month, you can help keep this podcast up and going, and you can help to continue to support independent Australian podcasting on the way. So if that is of interest at all, head over to patreon.com slash barbands. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash b-a-r-b-a-n-d-s. Also want to give a quick shout out to friend of the show and previous guest, Mr. Brendan McLean. Brendan has a brand new EP out today. It's called Fun Bang One. Yes, literally, it's called Fun Bang One. There will be no Fun Bang Two. For whatever reason, he decided to call it Fun Bang One. And it is a really, really wonderful collection of songs. And uh, I'm very, very excited for you to hear it. So head over to his band camp. Head over to Spotify. Head over to iTunes. It's all over there. You can find everything that you need in terms of getting your dose of Mr. Brendan McLean. With all that out of the way, we're going to move on now to this week's guest. We're having a chat with Joel Martirana. Joel is the lead singer of a band called Endless Heights, who were previously known as Your Ghost as a Gift, and they've moved through melodic hardcore uh, into more of a... Uh, how would you describe it? It's, it's, it's a mix of shoegaze and post-punk... 
are still kind of maintaining a bit of a punk edge from earlier in their career, but uh, yeah, they are a very, very different beast now as to who they were previously. All for the better, of course. They are making wonderful music, including a great EP that came out last year entitled Teach You How to Leave. This was recorded all the way back in December uh, when we were about to watch Endless Heights uh, do their launch show for this EP uh, in Wollongong at Radbar. And after this, a bunch of us also went and saw The Force Awakens for the first time. So there you go. That was a, it was an eventful night, people. And I'm going to take you all the way back there. And uh, hopefully you'll feel the, the very same excitement that we all did that night. You know, getting to see a great band and then getting to see fucking Star Wars. <laughs> At the same time as everyone else, it was a it was a wonderful universal feeling. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for the support. Uh, I hope to see you again next week and the week after that, and so on and so forth. Uh, let's get into it right now. Here's a chat with Joel Martirana. Cheers. Hi everyone, I'm David James Young and all my friends are in bar bands. Today I would like to introduce you to my friend, Joel Madarana. How's it going? Very well sir, how are you? Very good. That is good to hear. We are uh, sitting upstairs uh, here at Radbar in Wollongong where uh, the, the gentlemen from Endless Heights are about to play the first of uh, three. Are these the, uh, these are the official launch shows for they the EP, are. aren't they? Yes, official home launch shows. Oh, wonderful. Teach you how to leave EP. Yes, indeed. <clears throat> um, it's been a long time coming, man. Uh, you guys have uh, just come back from overseas as well? Yeah, we got back um, from our first Europe tour um, in uh, early to mid-September, I think it was, and um, have only been able to lock in these shows now. Wow. Um, how was that for you guys? Europe was amazing. Yeah, it was just it was an insane experience. Like it's just like every day was so new, and I just couldn't predict or read anything. Some shows would be quite small, other shows would be insanely big, and yeah, it was just an adventure. We've always wanted to do it. I've been wanting, I've been playing in different bands for ten years, wanting to get to Europe, and mm. this year that happened. So it's been a big year. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can imagine. Hard work finally pays off, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, okay, so we met for the first time, I believe this was four years ago, maybe four and a half years ago. Uh, you guys, uh, this was the first time I ever saw you guys, you were opening for Title Fight uh, yeah. at the Metro Theatre with uh, the aforementioned Break Even, who you just toured through Europe with, as well as uh, Title Fight and Touche uh, Mori was on yeah. that tour as well. Yeah. yeah. That was an incredible... Was a good tour. Yeah, that was great. Uh, we just played that Sydney show. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was Yeah. How have those kind of bigger support slots been for you guys? Like, you know, I, I've, I've seen you guys open for those guys and refused and stuff like that. And I can imagine, you know, like, those would have been bands that you kind of, like, <laughs> grew up on and kind of set the foundations of wanting to be in a band to begin with. So, like, I can't imagine it would be something that was taken for granted by anyone in yeah, the camp. I think with those, with those shows, like, we've always just somehow gotten opportunities to 
to, to open for bands that like we, we never really thought we'd be able to I mm. guess like especially Refused yeah of I course. never thought I'd even see that band so every now and then we seem to stumble into a show or a tour which is like a bit too good to be true and yeah I, it does it keeps you it's like hitting a reset you feel like you feel like it's day one in the band again and you've got your first song recorded or yeah, something yeah, it's yeah. just like that's that's the best feeling there so yeah we've always been super lucky with those things and, and, and now I, I can't wait to see what else will be will give us that feeling yeah so just chasing that yeah, feeling pretty much like, yeah like, that's all you want man yeah um, so I want to take it back and uh, kind of trace it to where you became interested in music to begin with mm-hmm. like uh, what kind of triggered the want to uh, go beyond just listening to music and enjoying music and wanting to become involved like be a musician it's pretty funny actually when I was uh, about 12 years old I was I was singing in like choirs and stuff at school. Yeah, right, right, yeah. When I was in year seven, about a year or so later, <clears throat> auditioned for Opera Australia. No so kidding. For about two or two and a You're half. You're a little castrato. Yeah, for two, <laughs> two and a half years, I was um, performing in the Opera House, Opera House, like once or twice a week. No operas, shit. Professional operas, and then as my voice broke, they sort of said that I'd be more suited to jazz or rock and. But then I was covering Parkway Drive in bands with Jim anyway. So yeah, I kind of always had that. I was always interested in music and I was singing in choirs and kind of led, one thing led to another. I got to perform a lot. So I got that performance kind of high as a young kid. But then I remember what kind of specifically drew me into like this kind of music. Yeah. And it was, it was just that time you like just becoming a teenager and whatever and literally 10 years ago. Yeah. And um, I remember being like, you know, where is like the real raw stuff like the passion stuff like you know where, where you can say whatever you want kind of thing um, and I had a really I had the best life ever like, I had a really blessed life but I was like but where's the substance you know this pop stuff's not really doing it for me mm. <clears throat> I really like the classics like the operas and stuff but that's not really suited to my voice you know what else is out there yeah sure and I just remember like stumbling into like this at the time like kind of heavier music I guess like metalcore and mm. hardcore and punk rock because just my mates at school were into it it was just like holy crap, these dudes just get on stage, they get sweaty, they talk about something that that they want to talk about, I didn't mm. even understand half of the stuff they were singing about. Sure, yeah. And that, and it was like, and people like interact and get like, you know, give feedback kind of, like in yeah, the yeah, moment. Yeah. Of course, yeah. It's like a, and I just remember freaking out being like, this isn't like an opera that people are like 200 metres away from you in yeah, the crowd yeah. that you never see. <laughs> this is something that like people own and like run with and I just remember freaking out being like, well, I have to do this. <laughs> it completely breaks the fourth wall, doesn't it? Oh my god! Well, it's it's just like they're they're talking to you, you know. Yeah. It's 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 not like in the opera, you know, which we're at the end. Yeah, they're talking at you, and you know. The thing is, like operas, like these operas that I would, it's so funny to talk about opera. These operas that I was in are like so old, sure, and yeah, so yeah, yeah. like defined, and everything's been done before, kind of thing, and. Mm. Hardcore, it's like you know, see bands play out of tune and whatever. So like non-refined, just like. I, it just really I was just really attracted to how raw like and the energy was and that's still like my, my favourite thing about it is that people have that forum to just like waltz in and do whatever even if they suck you know yeah. it's like that's the beauty of it so and I, and I was lucky because the other guys like Jem and Christian and Matt playing in the size now we all used to play in different bands and stuff throughout yeah, the years right. so we were all at the same kind of time you know jamming and wanting to do things like that and, what was your first band? My very first band yeah. was with Jem. Um, Ed Mortimer from Controlled actually played in it for a oh, bit. Oh, really? There you go. It was called... 
well, actually, the very, very first one was called, like, Saint Maverick or something. Okay. For, like, a week. And then we changed the name to Carnelian, which is a kind of gemstone or rock. Yeah, right. Which is, like, got some meaning of strength or something, or courage, I think it means. Mm-hmm. And then... But the first, like, band that lasted more than, like, two days was called Hope at Hand. Hope at Hand, right? We were, we, and we were you positive. were singing this band? I was. I was yeah. pig squealing, as well as nice. uh, screaming, and... Uh, I couldn't do it anymore, but <laughs> yeah. But we we used to play like every school spring fair that we could, and we just go play. And like there'd be like people there with like their mums and like grandmas, and then we just get up and just like you know cover like Parkway Drive songs at like yeah, full really? volume and like oh, that's with our little practice amps and just terrify everyone. And you know we yelled at called emo and like all that kind of thing and. It was like, bring it on! Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> it's just, you know, those just went hand in hand with the high school years, I guess. Like, oh, yeah, of course. Even now, like, people in, like, that, I've, that I see around from my school are like, oh, you're still doing all that screamo stuff, man? <laughs> I heard you went to Europe. What the hell's going on? And it's just funny because it's just like, oh, it's changed a bit, but yeah. Ostensibly, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I am still doing the same screamo shit, exactly. yeah. <laughs> Essentially, I guess the heart's the same, you know? Oh, yeah, this, of course. This kind of music, man, like, it's... Well, this kind of thing, it's just fun. <laughs> yeah. You can you can say things that, that you care about and you get the luxury of seeing other people connect with it if you're playing shows, I guess. Yeah, of course. And that's, that's like, the best thing ever. At what point does your ghost as a gift come into play? Oh, so we were pretty hardcore in Hope at Hands. Uh-huh. Yeah, but we never had, like, a... We played youth centre shows, but we never had, like, a real, like, show, like, a band on tour. Where, like, right, yeah. That was, like, our dream. To like open for like yeah, prom yeah, queen or like whoever yeah, it was, sure, yeah. or like jungle fever or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. Um, and then it just wasn't getting there. And Jem quit the band, and he was like the main man in the band. And then we kind of kept going for a while. And then a few years later, I think I was in year ten. Uh huh. As I was sixteen, Jem was fifteen. He was like, Joel, man, we've got to start a, a real band this time, like a serious one, like just you and me write stuff and. And we're gonna like we're gonna play actual shows like we're gonna play youth centers but we're gonna play like on, with bands on tour you know what I mean and wow. then it was sick and then I remember forcing him to let Chich in the band again Christian who was our current in the sides guitarist actually yes right although we've always been the same members as you guys so you've anyway but and um, after that we pulled Matt in because he was our friend he never played in a band before actually he was the yeah only right. One. And uh, then Diaz, we knew him through Herbert Hand Connections. Oh, right. His old band, Jake and his guard. And we started just, we wrote a demo and Strike Hard Bookings, Dan Mistel and Ollie Cation oh, back in the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, shout out. Who were booking, yeah, who were booking local shows um, back in the day in Blacktown and Manly and a few other places. We're like, oh, this is so good. Your MySpace page looks cool. Let's, let's put you on a <laughs> That's show. That's what you need, right? And then when we, I just remember like we had a show booked. It was with Antagonist AD, The Broderick. Oh, who else played? Shinto Katana. Holy shit. It was like an amazing show. Wow. And apart from that, we played in like Josh's garage. Josh from Legion's <laughs> garage. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, and I remember, yeah, we played the show and like all our friends came. They all moshed. You know, all this other crazy stuff. And then we just kept getting booked. Mistel and uh, Strikeheart at the time or whatever really liked us yeah. for some reason. And we were like, re- we were 16 years old, yeah. 17 years old. So we were these, like, really happy little kids. And um, they just kept putting us on, like, all the local shows then as, like, openers or whatever. Like, I remember Blacktown Masonic Hall used to have, like, a Christmas show every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. opening that one year and doing stuff. And, yeah, it kind of just kept rolling along. And 
we always, at that time, by the time we started actually playing shows after writing that demo, we were all listening to more melodic hardcore stuff anyway. Mm. But, you know, we used to be heavier over the years, so I guess we wanted to make this change to that, but for a while we didn't. And yeah. we were playing shows and we had like, you know, we had shirts, man. <laughs> we that, thought, that's when you know you've made it, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> and yeah, it was, it just kind of, yeah, we just like supported a lot of cool bands like even when we were your ghost of gift we supported have heart when they were in no Sydney. shit wow was that at masonic hall or where was that no that was at saint ives youth center holy shit that's a that song that i haven't show. heard in a while and i remember playing and like people were stage diving singing along to our stuff like more than they probably do some like a lot of the time to endless heights yeah sure like, and i was seven 16 or 17 and i just yeah. remember being like look at all these like people just like you know a, a part of this this isn't mine this mm. isn't ours this is like theirs like this is you know that was the coolest thing ever and I think I after like those experiences like playing with Have Heart and like that kind of trend at the time it was more so in that genre and mm. so we kind of made the switch and became in the sides and put out like a, a melodic hardcore record yeah right um, but yeah but your Ghost of the Gift was so much fun some of the most fun I've ever had yeah I can imagine man were you, were you guys all Westies like all Western suburbs no, no, kids um, we're actually pretty much all North Shore kids, which is right. kind of funny. Yeah, right. There weren't too many bands that I know of that were coming out in this genre from there. Yeah, um, yeah. More Northern Beaches, but like, so like I live in Chatswood, Gems in Gordon, Matt and Chicha in Kalara. Diaz yeah. has um, in, always been inner west. Right, yeah. But otherwise, yeah, we've always been around Northern Sydney. Uh, how were you guys trekking out to those Western Sydney shows? Did, was there like oh, a designated man. tour dad? It, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I remember when we recorded, Matt's dad took us out there and helped us pay for where we were staying oh, we, were caught, wow, we recorded really? up in Brisbane at one point and um, before that but usually most of the time it was actually um, Jem's mum's suit yeah right they, at the time they had yeah they had like a, a 7 or 8 seat of Toyota Prado wow, um, yeah. one of me was like on a some Land Cruiser beast of a car and we'd all pack in there with our guitars and stuff and squeeze in the back and Sue would drive us and yeah I remember it was such a big deal when Jem got his piece oh yeah he was the first one to get him this is a bit later down the track. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I remember for ages we need someone's mum to drive us. So, oh man. Sometimes the mums would take it in turn. Like I remember my mum did it once. No, a few twice. times. Yeah. Most of the time it was Sue though, James' mum, and Maddie J's mum did it a few times. I don't think Chicha's parents ever did it. <laughs> <laughs> Diaz's mum used to drive down heaps of shows. Because oh, awesome. to like bring a kit usually as well. Yeah, yeah, of course. And. Uh, I remember at the time our, our good friends uh, Ash Clancy and Josh Campio would help us get around as well because they yeah. were a bit older they're like, well they just had their licenses mm, so. sure yeah, oh, it's, it's, I'm just remembering this now but it's just <laughs> I can't remember I can't believe how like much effort used to go into coordinating yeah, yeah. everything had to get down and to we'd always have friends yeah. tagging along squeezing yeah. in the car oh and man and that's like an hour drive plus oh yeah well. we used to play at Campbelltown and Blacktown quite, quite often um I think we played in a rehearsal studio here in Wollongong once. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That was a really fun show as well. Nice. Yeah. We did. Was that with As Your Ghost? Yeah. Yeah, wow. I'm pretty sure it was. I think I got that one. No, I'm pretty sure it was. <laughs> and um, where else did we go as your ghost? We went to... Oh, I can't remember what it's called. They do skydiving there and stuff. About <laughs> <laughs> an hour and a half from where we are. Yeah, right. <laughs> Picton. Picton. Shit. Half oh, yeah. Up. Bridge, what what was the name of the place? In the indoor court and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike Bennett from X um, Hospital the Musical, Toad the Unicorn, used to run that spot. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I remember we played this awesome show there with Hannah Mercy and 
Mary Jane Kelly. Um, I can't remember the other bands, but I remember we were playing mid-set. Jim was like, this goes out to Mary Jane Kelly, the best band in Australia. And it was just so cute. And fun. I think we all paid him out for the next three years about it. <laughs> That's nice. Don't, don't, don't be mean for being nice. Come on. Oh, man. <laughs> I've known, I've known, like, we've... Yeah, we we really we love each other in our band, but we've we've just known each other for so long. Like, I've known Matty J since he was four years old. Oh my god! So, wow. Next year, or maybe five years old. How old is he? He's twenty-three. So in a year or so, I would have known him for twenty years. Four. So like we're talking pretty strong history. Very, I've known Jim since history. I was since he was twelve. And he's twenty-three now. Yeah, right. Ten years. Yeah. Dia's about nine years. Wow. Chich, I've known for about ten years as well. Yeah. And like, like we've been like, you know, I guess touring over the last however many years. Sure, yeah. Talking nonsense in the van through the night yeah. on planes and whatever. It's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're just, we, yeah, it's fun. We give it to each other a bit. So. Yeah, of course. Yeah. What was the first Endless Heights show? First Endless, as Endless Heights? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I remember the last show was Your Ghost is a Gift and we were playing Endless Heights songs. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. And we're playing with like Shinto. We played with North Lane actually. Really? Yeah. Um, who else played? Canberra band Aaron. I exist. Oh sure, yeah. Um, Aaron's been on the podcast. Yeah. yeah, sick. All that that it was just this big Blacktown show, and I remember it was when North Lane were really new, and yeah, they were playing quite yeah. high on the lineup, and everyone was like, "Why are they playing so high on the lineup? They're so new." Mm. And then they came and like they had like it was they were just so professional, and just smoked everyone. And everyone was still like, oh, screw this band. <laughs> so so look at them now. <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> They'd rock up with this amazing gear. And like, well, I, I just remember them, yeah. It was just all very professional compared to, like, us. And um, yeah, sure. I remember Shinto played as well. Yeah, right. And uh, I remember Dave from Shinto was like, man, why are you changing it to Endless Heights, man? You guys are doing so well. You're so young and all this stuff. And then after we played the set, he was like, I'm pretty, I, I can't remember exactly. I'm pretty sure he was like, yeah. I see, man. It's different. Yeah. It's fresh. I, I get it. I get it. I was like, thanks, man. I just felt like such a man. <laughs> Getting that approval from like some dude's band. I used to swear, you know. That's the day, that's the day the balls dropped, wasn't it? That's the day yeah. you were just like, oh, I've, yeah. I've made it. And um, yeah, I, I can't actually remember. Oh, no, I don't think that was the first one. Anyway, I can't remember the first Endless Heights show, but basically we did a little EP in Brisbane with Sam Sal from Ghost Town. Yeah. And like the recording's pretty like pretty crap to be honest like it was really rushed we didn't have much time there we never really recorded properly except for before mm. um, like we never recorded real drums before it was super rushed some of it's out of time but yeah. you know what like for us like the world changed <laughs> oh yeah sure and um, you yeah. just soaked up something out in Joel, the world Joel Birch did the artwork oh wow back in the day wow for the record yeah, which right. we never printed <laughs> <laughs> which is funny you can still say it happened though <laughs> I guess so, yeah. you can definitely claim that shit it's funny. I wonder if he still thinks we're like the same shitty out of time band. That'd be Who so knows? Good. Who knows? <laughs> That'd be so funny. But yeah. Send him a copy of the EP, see what he thinks. God, that just shows how long ago it was. I know, <laughs> no. I, like, it doesn't seem like that long ago, but so much has changed for you guys over the yeah. over the last few years. Like yeah, uh, we've always we've always been like a band, like we're quite dynamic people. Mm. And I get because these have been transitional years in our lives, in sure. our personal lives. So yeah, of course. It just comes straight out in our music. In fact, Endless Heights is probably one of the things that hasn't changed rapidly in my life compared to other areas, you know? Yeah, of course. Um, it's the same members. We've never had a member change. Yeah, yeah. yeah same, your Ghost of Gift, same members. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we've never ever had a member change and 
we've, we've, I feel like more than ever now we've figured out our riding style or we're more open to <clears throat> continues to change mm. but yeah this is the best music we've ever been writing this latest release and yeah it's, well, I agree it's always thank you it's always <laughs> this sound has always been kind of on my heart yeah I, right. I know it's the same for the other guys as well mm. but we've never been able to kind of get it there mm. because of just where we were at with, sure sure I guess your songwriting abilities getting what's in your head outside and I feel like more than ever that's happened so it's weird to think you know back to when we were playing backyards and stuff as your ghost as your ghost is gift yeah and playing course. mosh music and yeah whatever and <laughs> now it's like yeah singing and whatever so. yeah well it's interesting that you brought up the the opera thing of you know kind of yeah. your voice growing out of that because yeah. you know you haven't screamed on anything in two years <laughs> you know like was that another like similar thing where you're just like i can't keep up with it anymore or was yeah, like was, that was probably one of the biggest changes as for us as members yeah it's particularly between um between gem and i because uh We've, we're probably some of the... Because he tends to write most of the songs at first and I tend to put the most... Obviously, I put the most vocal input in and whatever. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, we tend to write together a lot of the time just to get it done fast. So it yeah. usually starts there a lot of the time. Then the other guys come in and add in whatever. Um, so we were doing quite well as like a melodic hardcore band. We put sure, out a yeah. called Dream Strong. We had tours and support tours with like bands like Basement. And yeah. Stage dive and sing along. And the lyrics like... You know, were really like meaningful, and people really, you know, people got tattoos and like, all this crazy yeah. stuff that, that I haven't seen as much since. Like, there are so many Dream Strong tattoos. Yeah, it's insane. Like chess pieces and crazy stuff. And um, I remember being like, I sang a, cu- a few lines on that record because I've always loved singing because I used to sing in opera. Yeah, like you and said, I was, yeah. And I was like, I remember sitting Gem in a car and I, my voice had blown out again, and it wasn't even because of that really. It was just that I was like, dude, this is awesome, but it's not what I'm here on this planet to do. And he was just like, what do you mean? Like, everything's good, dude. We can't change it. Like, we can't. Like, he was very... We were very at opposite ends, which is very rare for us. We're usually quite... We clash in the detail a lot because we're quite opinionated, which is healthy. But overall, we've always, like, for years, across all bands, we've always been, you know... And I remember sitting in his car out in front of Matty J's house just being, like, on... Like, I just can't do this anymore, man. I have to sing. Yeah. I'm going to sing. And we were recording Lady Widdestem at the time. And I was trying to do this yelling thing and pitch it and whatever. And I remember just, it was this very much, and he was just like, well, I just remember him and I were just two ends of the spectrum and we both knew we had to meet in the middle. Yeah, right. (laughs) But to get to that, I really had to experiment. So it was this time where, like, I think everyone kind of had to let go and just had to take, let me. I just went to the studio with Elliot and did it by myself and Mm. I fully clean sung the whole release. Yeah, right. 100%, not even, it didn't end, not the final product at all. I just fully had to go and test it out and vibe it out. And the guys just like, I'm sure the, uh, looking back, the guys at the time were like, what's crazy Joel doing? He yeah. just told us to piss off basically. Yeah. Spending money to go and do this by himself. What the hell's going on yeah. here? And they were just, like, I remember them How did they react? And like, I got those, the recordings back and I was like, okay, i got to send it to them. They just all were like, and they're like, oh, we can understand what you're trying to do a bit more now. Cool. It's yeah. too clean for this release or whatever. It's too clean for this style, but... You know, we're going to need a rain it in. What if you did this? And then we met in the middle. But I just remember for me, it was hard because I kind of had to, in a way, confront my best friends being like, this isn't working for me. And I needed just, I don't want to sound needy, but I, yeah, I, sure. I needed to, for my own self-confidence in my singing yeah. abilities, of course. to also gauge my abilities, just go into that studio and do that. 
Um, with it, and I, it was just our mate's home studio. It wasn't like an official. Thing. No, sure, yeah. It'd be, I'm sure we'd all laugh if we heard those recordings. Now. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. But um, <laughs> it definitely turned everything on its head all of a sudden, and it got what I've been trying to tell them out in the open, being mm. like, "This is what needs to happen." And then Lady Wisdom came out. It was just three songs, and it was basically just like pitched yelling, but it was still kind of singy. So yeah. I was happy. They were happy. Good meet in the middle, and it also opened up a whole new avenue of songwriting. That. New Bloom pretty much broke their waterfall. Sure, yeah. Um, and I was really happy with the vocals and that. I still love those songs, but yeah, there was still more of me that, and even still now, more of me that wants to experiment more with just kind of normal singing or yeah, yeah, whatever. And, and New Bloom was quite an aggressive singing style, which I really love, and that will always be part of what we do for sure. But um, I just like singing. I used to be an opera singer, so yeah, yeah. I like singing, and it's gonna come out in the music. And the dudes love it. You know, it works, and you know, for teaching how to leave, Jem and the guys more than ever before wrote the songs to be more focused on singing parts. Yeah, yeah. Rather than we've always been like a guitar-driven kind of band, mm. and that was a shift. But it's taken the whole band's career to get to that yeah. point, and it, that also it took that long for my ability actually to catch up. I feel yeah, and my confidence. Like I remember New Bloom being like, I, "Can I?" Dude, am I good enough to get these notes kind of thing sure you know? yeah yeah and it's so self conscious especially yeah. after you've been doing the same thing for so long exactly yeah, and then yeah. as I wasn't I've been screaming yeah you know, I wasn't in the opera anymore like, yeah, when yeah, your voice yeah. breaks it's like hitting reset so mm. I'm only starting to find it again now properly I feel yeah. um, so anyway yeah so teach you how to leave it's like Jim's like dude you know I remember the first time he sent me some tracks and we jammed them together and he was like that's exactly what I imagine you're doing there and I was instantly relieved because I was worried Maybe part of him is going to want me to be heavier here or that. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. We'll have yeah. to meet in the middle again. I don't want to do that. And he's like, no, nah, sing more. <laughs> it really? suits yeah. the song more. That's where we're going. That's where we've always been going. And it's like, you know, it was just funny. Like, I haven't even really talked to him about it in this much. But, like, mm. it was like everything, if I could give him words to say or give the guys words to say about the singing on the latest release, they would. They said it better than I could, you know. Yeah, I'd yeah. want to hear it back in my own ears, if, I, if you know what I mean. Yeah, of course. And, um, yeah, the boys have just... It's always been quite an uncomfortable area for me because yeah. my singing's never been as good as I've wanted it to be. Sure. And now yeah. I feel like it's pretty much there. I, mean, I still want it yeah. better. You're always going to be strict on yeah. yourself or harsh on yourself. Yeah. You mentioned blowing out your voice at like shows like through screaming and stuff like yeah. that. When when you, do you remember those first shows when you first like attempted to sing mixed in with you know screaming yeah, and stuff was, as well? Um, was that like a really self conscious thing for you? Yes. Yeah. And e- even now I struggle with levels and stuff and. I'm gonna. I'm trying to do a few things about that. Like, for example, we've always been like a pretty like DIY vibe hardcore band, right? Yeah. Um, and now it's like I'm looking at like looking into trying out in ears, for example, just so oh, I can yeah, hear right. myself clearly. Like, yeah. So, just because I'm still like when I relax and just let it out, it's usually fine anyway. But just because part of you want you want to train that competency and that confidence because. Mm. For me personally, when I see when I enjoy a band's record and it's there's pitched notes in it in the singing or whatever or the yelling, and you see it live and it doesn't meet up, it, yeah. it's, it's a bit of a it's a letdown for me, and I don't yeah, want to be oh, that. Totally, you yeah. know what I mean? I don't want to be that because I know I can do it right. <laughs> yeah. So absolutely. Now I'm much more open to things like trying things like in ears and stuff if it's going to help be more consistent. Um, but yeah, I used to blow up my voice. I think it was mainly due to inexperience on tour. So, like, I'd never driven through Melbourne the night... I've never done the Melbourne drive overnight before, right, the Brisbane yeah, drive. Yeah, so, yeah. you're doing that for the first time ever, and you're in another state for the first time ever. 
with a microphone in your hand, you're going to scream as loud as you can. Oh, yeah, of course. You know what I mean? You're hepped up. Like, and it's the most exciting thing in the world. It's the yeah. best thing ever. Yeah, so, hell yeah. I've been dreaming that my whole, you know, as long as I could remember. So, yeah. So it's just that, just over the last few years, has come together as well. So it's much more... It's funny, like, we've been really blessed in Inner Sights because, like I said, we've just, we're have just we still together doing this. And I think it's because we've always had an openness to, to change and for the pace of things to change. Like, some years we've toured a lot. Yeah. Probably too much in retrospect and other years less. Like, this year, much less. Mm. Even though we went to Europe and whatever, in Australia, yeah. much less. Yeah, sure. And um, we've always... We've, we've just been open to the pace at which things have been changing and progressing and the way the songs are sounding and you know it's still at its basic core just an outlet for all of us to have fun together and show you know show people I don't know share with people what we want to like what I want to say yeah it's still that basic it's just an emotion most of it's just it's just an emotion, emotional outlet yeah for me that I'm I, my dream and hope is that it inspires people to go and live to the fullness of their own lives like I don't, you know, not I don't just mean like I hope they go and play in bands. I want, mm. I, you know, I hope this shit takes it way further than that. So that's my, well, <laughs> that's my hard dude, route. Yeah, like I think you've already achieved that. Like you said, you know, people getting tattoos of your lyrics, and you know, people still coming out to shows after all these years. You know, like I'm sure you've got people that have been watching you play. You know, since your ghost is a gift. You know, like it's super important to you. You know, like after all this time. Yeah, yeah, it is, man. It's it, it's a blessing, and like. We were kind of talking about it in the car on the way here, like, and the sites is one of those things. We don't know how long it's going to be around for, but yeah. we've always had the right heart about it, and so every day it just keeps rolling on. It's just like another, just another win, another blessing. So. Yeah, wonderful, yeah. man. <laughs> all right, so we'll wrap it up here. Uh, but before we do that, I ask this of all of my guests, and now it is your turn, good sir. I want to know about your best and worst gig experiences as a performer oh. ever. And uh, the floor is yours, and feel free to start on either or. Some people like Jeez. to start on a, on a low note and then move up to a high, and some people like to start with the high note and then just crush people with the lows to go out. So it's your call. It's <laughs> a hard question. I know. And now, because we talked about all the old shows, I'm remembering so much more stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay, best gig, uh, bank headline show in Bangkok. Thailand yes wow because yeah. my little brother was volunteering there for a year and he came to the show oh wow just expecting just to see you know and like the crowd there was nuts they knew the songs they'd stage dive they'd basically your ideal show but it was in Asia it was better than like incredible. probably any Sydney show we've played to wow be honest. yeah the whole set as well that's incredible dude easily the best because it was the most surprising um, and like so, it was just crazy it was yeah. bad worst for me personally yeah Man, this is a really hard question because there's been some absolute shockers. Shockers over here. <laughs> trying to think of comes one. Which comes with the territory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to think of one which comes to mind. I've had fun sets that have felt particularly bad because I've. Oh, okay. This is an. Am- okay, this is a good example. This is one I can just think of. Sure. Honestly, an incredible show. Mm. It was in Singapore. First time we'd ever played there. Yeah, Small yeah. room, stage diving, singing, everything I ever wanted. But I like basically died before the show. I was in Holy hospital. Shit. I was in hospital the day before. It was the last show of the Asia tour. Was it food poisoning? No, I had a bacterial infection that spread oh. through my larynx, my throat, my chest. It went into my right eye, so my right eye, just my right eye, was fully bloodshot. Fuck me. I had I went to hospital the day before after getting out of Indonesia in, in Singapore and it was like they said to me, Oh, you have a 
Yeah, you have a fever that would kill a small child. You have to go through to emergency. Oh my god! I was on like nineteen antibiotic tablets for like three days. Shit! And then we played like an extended forty-five minute set <laughs> in oh, this hot room. No pressure. So I just remember loving it, and honestly, I I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't be able to get through it very easily if it wasn't for people going nuts, and they went nuts, and we had some friends that flew over. Fucking hell. happened to be in Singapore. Yeah, just, yeah, like, yeah, they had yeah, their yeah. shirts off stage diving and people head walking a few times. Jesus. So, <coughs> 100% adrenaline, but inside, honestly, inside, I was like, I was worried I was going to shit my pants. Like, literally, because I was so sick with yeah, diarrhea yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was worried I was going to spew on someone. Oh, my God. And what else? I just I just felt like out of breath before doing anything. Yeah. And um, we were at the end of the tour, so we are all wrecked. Diaz had a broken hand He was playing drums Holy shit It was awesome But it was the, Mentally on the inside I was Collapsing Oh man That's some Next level shit I'm glad you were here To tell the tale <laughs> My friends uh, The EP is Teach You How to Leave That is in all good Record stores now And uh, no doubt By the time you were Hearing this And the sites will be Back on the road Playing some shows for you And uh, will there be A new record uh, In the works Next year, that's the plan. 2016? New Endless Heights, that's what we'd like to hear. Joel, thank you so much, my friend. <laughs> thank you, man, you're the best. I'm David Jim Jung, and all my friends are in Barbie. everyone thanks so much for listening through to the end and i hope you enjoyed that chat with joel martirano if you're in melbourne and you want to catch the band this weekend they are playing on saturday night at the workers club in melbourne this is a rescheduled show for the postponed april 23rd date so in melbourne you finally have your chance to see the band live they're going to be joined by born free reactions broken and sheltered Doors are at 8pm, it's an 18 plus show, and you can get tickets either through Oztix or on the door. Alright, thanks so much for listening. See you next week. This has been a David James Young Writes production. For more information, visit davidjamesyoung.com.